Between the Shelves, the premier Seville Library podcast. I am your host, Alex, and I'm joined this episode by my co-hosts, Morgan and Tim. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks it's for coming o'clock out. while we're recording, so, yeah. Yeah. The Strug- smart, the smart one of us brought coffee, so. Yep, I'm fighting that uh, midday slump. Yeah. On a Friday. Perfect time to record a podcast. Well, let's let's do this. We're all busy people, so this is the only time we can do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so welcome to the uh, the continuing saga of the Save a Library podcast. <laughs> um, Morgan, you've been on here. Uh, you are on our premiere episode, our first episode. Thank you for coming back. Of course. So we like to start the episodes by talking a little bit about what we're into right now, just as a way to better know one another and for our listeners to better know their librarians. So does anyone want to kick it off? I don't mind starting. Uh, I'll go. I've been thinking about the things that I've been interested in lately. Um, Okay, I'm kind of across the board. So I um, am in a book club with local people, and the book that we were just reading was uh, The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes, which I'm almost done with. Uh, Still not at the end, even though we did meet and talk about it, (laughs) and it was completely spoiled, but... (laughs) I want to know the details, so. Um, but I thought the book was fantastic. It's not new, um, but I do like her previous work. She wrote Me Before You, which is also a movie with Eddie Redmayne, I believe, and whoever played Daenerys Targaryen in uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and then aside from what I'm reading, I have been playing competitive we uh, switched sports with my husband. We've been <laughs> nice. battling people online with the volleyball, and it gets heated and intense. Two v two. Two v two. So you can't blame the AI partner when they fail. Mm-hmm. No. So this could make or break a marriage. No, and you taunt people with like, uh, like you can do like a emoticons or whatever. So like, if someone scores on you or like totally smashes the ball in your face, they do like crying emoji at you, and you're like, <laughs> come on. Um, Someone just did sleeping a lot, so I don't know what that means, but whatever. They're bored. Yeah, they're bored. Yeah, they were so bad that they're bored. But it really is like competitive and hard to play as someone that plays the actual sport. So, mm. <laughs> um, and I've also started playing the new Pokemon Arceus. Yeah. Which is RPG style and kind of has like the art style of um, a Zelda game, which is really fun. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the yeah. Wild specifically, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's too bad we don't have Christina here because she she's an expert on she's that. an expert on on Pokemon, and that I know she's completed that game and liked it. So maybe it's a good thing she's not here because we could go on another <laughs> twenty minute tangent on Pokemon games. Yeah, we don't need to go on a highly specific tangent again. Yeah. <laughs> we say that three minutes into the podcast, who knows what's going to come? Sure, that's also true. But uh, so that's what I've been into lately. Very cool, well rounded. Mm. Tim, do you want to go next or? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so I've been really kind of busy in life with a baby. Mm-hmm. I have a nine-month-old and a seven-year-old. So I don't get a lot of free time. So I squeeze in everything on a car ride or at 10 o'clock at night when I'm half asleep. So the things that I'm in, like, I've, I love audiobooks for that reason. So... Because I can't even read it, a book, a physical book these days, without falling asleep mm-hmm. two pages into it. Um, that said, I did start reading uh, How to Raise an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi and his 
uh, How to Be Anti-Racist book is excellent. One of my favorite. Yeah, I've read that. One of my favorite reads from, I think, two years ago. So this one already is a really great read so far. And I am listening to book three of the it's a Cozy Mystery... Um, shoot, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's... Uh, Thursday Murder Thursday Club. The Thursday Murder, Murder Yeah, it's the Thursday Murder Club, book three, uh, something about a missed bullet. Can't, I just started it. Very good, though. Book one was good, too. I actually didn't read or listen to book two. Okay. Because I just wasn't that interested in continuing it, and then I got a recommendation from uh, Jen, our director, who is a voracious, cozy mystery. She loves a Thursday Murder Club so on that recommendation, I was like, can I actually listen to this without even having any knowledge of book two? Totally fine. It's like they okay. book two didn't exist, basically. Characters are the same, great characters. Um, nice little mystery that it's setting up with a murder mystery. And it takes place in England, and they're all seniors in a, in a like a senior facility. and But they have a little meeting trying to solve unsolved murders and it's fun it's nice it's pleasant yeah i've heard it recommended on a few from a few people here at the library but i've Mm -hmm. also i was listening to a podcast on my lunch break today and they were talking they were raving about the second book the one you didn't read so maybe if you enjoy the third i might go back i might um yeah book book one was i liked it and then that was it i wasn't like compelled to keep Mm -hmm. with the series but because jen liked the first one or the second one and the first one, and she just finished the third one and said it was great. I was like, okay, I can get back into this little, you know, murder universe. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it's a good quick read, so I'm always on board for that. Is a murder universe a murderverse? Murderverse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> we'll have Jen on for the murderverse yeah, episode. <laughs> she would actually love to talk about that. Okay. Um, but then, uh, as far as, uh, I'm also doing some um, video gaming, which is very hard to do, uh, just on my own so I've been playing now my daughter's seven I can play some more video games with her so one of the games we're playing two games bug snacks on ps5 which is pretty fun uh, basically it's it is actually very much like Pokemon I do very much love that game yeah. bug snacks <laughs> I've played it it's, it's very much a Pokemon type of game and it's very funny um, where you're collecting kind of different uh, you're on an island and the bugs are like hybrid bug uh, snack creatures. Like there's a, a bunger, which is like a burger bug, and he goes around and he goes bunger, bunger, bunger. It sounds exactly like Pokemon. Yeah, it's very much, very silly. <laughs> that game is fun. And then we're also playing um, uh, Minecraft Dungeons, which is basically a child's version of Diablo, which yeah. is classic, yeah. classic game from my childhood. Um, only it's not as dark. Dark, and, yeah. Although there's some dark stuff in, in Minecraft, but it's it's a lot of fun. So that, those are some games I'm actually able to play these days, which is nice. Nice. Uh, I, too, have been playing video games. And like you, I, I have a two-year-old, so most of my gaming starts at 10 o'clock at night. And um, I play far too late than I should. Um, but I am in the throes of Elden Ring. Ah. Ooh, I. I'm obsessed with this game. Mm. It is so good. Uh, I'm upset. I'm smitten. I don't know what to say. It's so good. Well, like, it is uh, many, many 
different critics your your best for twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, I really dragged my feet on it. I think it came out in February of last of twenty twenty two. February or March, yeah. It yeah. came out early in the year and I waited until now to play mm-hmm. it. So and it won all the Game of the Year awards and now that I'm finally playing it, it is absolutely deserving of it. It's fantastic. I mean it's I don't know what to say that hasn't already been said about it. It's mm-hmm. just the world design is fantastic. The gameplay is excellent. I think they've evolved their the formula that they've started with the Souls games, which are sort of like a... This is sort of a spiritual successor to those games, and I think they've tweaked the formula. Dark Souls. Dark those, Souls yeah. and Demon Souls. and yeah. So, yeah, it's, if you aren't familiar just by the titles alone, you can probably gather this is a very dark... Dark game, hard, very, very, very difficult. It's very difficult. I think we've all played it at one point. You or you watched Elden Ring. Elden Elden Ring. Ring. You watched your husband play. Oh no, I played. Or you played too. But I mostly, uh, so I, I realized very quickly that I don't have the patience to attempt to kill big things, Mm -hmm. and then I got, uh, then I started running around with a horse all over the map, Mm. just causing mayhem in a light way. So I'd run into like factions of people trying to kill each other, and then I met made a giant crab angry, and then he went and just smashed, started killing difficult. other people that yeah. were me, which was pretty cool. So I just watched that unfold and was like, wow, okay, cool. So I also played uh, when it came out, and I thought it was going to be my game to play, and it was my first real from software the developers game, and as I said, they're all pretty similar in how they're constructed and how they're to be played and they're meant to be some of the most difficult games you will ever play and I love the design love the world and felt at one point that I'm like I can't I can't keep banging my head against this wall because you will die that's the other thing is that you are meant to die Mm -hmm. a lot in the game and I just couldn't I couldn't do it and I wish I could because I don't have the time I totally understand to that criticism, that. and I even feel that way. Having played all of them, I still feel that way. I wish there was in the settings to you know an a toggle easy an easy mode. Yeah, I, w- I would love to play that game on an easy mode. Right, and the 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 detractors of that idea, the, the big fans of this game, will say you know part of the journey is is leveling your own skill up to right. defeat these monumental right. challenges. But on the other hand, like it's. Come on, like this game shouldn't be reserved for the most elite. I'm using air quotes right, right. now. Gamers, elite out there gamers, or just people that have an infinite—not an infinite amount of time, but just the amount of right. time that you need, which is a hundred plus hours. And I like dedicate. I like I can dedicate a hundred plus hours to a game over the course of several months if I actually have like forward progress with I that game. Com- Completely Zelda is saying. a perfect example. The last Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, is a great example of that because it's not incredibly hard. It's just hard enough, and yet you spend so much time in that world because it's it's there's so much to explore, which is similar to Elden Ring. Only on top of that, the multiplier of it being incredibly hard right. is, is the detractor for me. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying, and that's why I dragged my feet on playing this game, too, because I have limited time, and I don't want to spend my only free time I have refighting the same thing over and over again, because I, it's so difficult, I can't get through yeah. it. Um, I totally get it, and, and yeah, that's a valid reason not to play this <laughs> game, and I don't think it's everyone's game of the year, and I don't, I'm still pretty early in it. Yeah. 
this is a huge game. Like, massive. Oh, the massive I've heard it's a 150-hour yeah, game to complete. I'm th- I just passed 30 hours. So I'm still in the early stages. I could very well hit a point that I just get so frustrated I give up. I, mm-hmm. I probably will hit that yeah. point. But you'll have enjoyed... I've already feel like I've gotten my money's worth from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's what a game. Yeah. Wow. But it, I like the point that you make that is a lot of the reason why so many people lo- love the game so much is because you are like it just sends the message of you can fail a million times, but once you have that success, it feels great. It feels yeah. great and the reward of beating like such a hard boss is just Adrenaline rush. Yeah, and, and then that. you just go forward. You're like, let's go. Like, one one literary tie to for the game too that people might know about is the fact that George R. R. Martin wrote a lot of the backstory for the universe that it takes place in, which is pretty cool, yeah. but also like kind of obscure. It's like not going to be in your face of any of any of the story of the game is not in your face. It's something for you to kind of explore. Yeah. on your own yeah. and find on your own which is yeah. kind of interesting and the, the monster design is Miyazaki right? I don't know who the oh not sure I think I think it is I, mm. oh you mean from Studio Ghibli? yeah no no, no. I don't no. think so then who? the monsters are next level weird There's, I'll say that there's bizarre. nothing else like That's bizarre monsters I really thought they were him yeah so the I guess the um, I know what you're saying about the lack of progression mm. in, a ga- in the game kind of pulling you forward and I get that because this game is unlike any other game where they just they drop you in the wilderness with no direction of where to go. And even when you find people that in other games would say, like, oh, you have to go here. Like, this is like, no, like, there's no direction. Like, the, I'm 30 hours into the game and the story is inscrutable. It, there's like the there's slightest n- hint of where you should go next, but there's a high chance high probability that when you go there you will die instantly right it's there's like a little marker of where you should go but which is not much it really adds to the sense of adventure in the game which yeah. I don't, no other game I can really think of including Breath of the Wild really has that sense of I really am lost right yeah. now and I don't I <laughs> everything everywhere Breath, I go Breath of the Wild is a good I keep comparison thinking about it to, yeah. this, to this game because it, they're very similar in their open worldness and just kind of discovering things uh, but yeah except that Elden Ring is so much more deadlier right and I, I will say Breath of the Wild I think still has the better world design mm-hmm. because it Breath of the Wild feels like a big sandbox sandbox that you can just go and get lost in and yeah. you can climb mountains and you can swim rivers and you can everything just seems like a toy you can play with where an Elden Ring Though it looks beautiful and it's fun to explore and you don't know what's around the next corner, could it kill you or is it going to be the next treasure that can help you evolve? Right. Right. It does have that. However, in Elden Ring, I do get the feeling that I am a hammer and everything is a nail. You know what I mean? Like, no matter where I go, I'm going to have to fight something and right. kill it. Like, yeah. there's, in, where in Zelda, it's like I could. More puzzle find, based. Yeah, there's more puzzles. Yeah. It's Which more is variety. classic Zelda. Right. And you're affected by the climate. Like, if you're climbing a mountain, like, right. it's going to get enjoy cold. It. Yeah, I love that. You so. go in the volcano. Yeah. You need to, like, concoct, like, potions yeah. that make you heat resistant. And Miyazaki is one of the. Really? Character designers, yes. Oh, that's wow. crazy. Because I was like, they look so Ooh. creepy. And. Not that like Studio Ghibli like films have creepy monsters, but the but the monsters are always or like the strange characters are always Very a little edgy. 
and yeah. unique, super, super Very unique. Very unique, yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool factoid. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep playing this game, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll be talking about it in future episodes, too. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad I had part of the reason I wanted to bring it up is I knew both of you had played it. So yeah. I want, and I haven't talked to really anyone else who's played it, so I wanted to get what other people's thoughts were on it. Um, the other thing, I, I, I've talked a lot already, but the other thing I'm, I'm reading right now, or I actually just finished today, is um, You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey, which Melissa recommended to me from our teen department. She spoke about it in the last episode. She recommended it, and I read it, and I finished it in two days. It's wow. so good. I definitely recommend it. Cool. It's by... Um, to my Goodreads. Yeah. It's a short, short book. Um, I like those. It's by Amber Ruffin, who's uh, a writer on Seth Meyers, and I think she has her own huh. show on Hulu now. Um, it's great. And I'm going to read the sequel, um, which is called The World Record Book of Racist Stories, um, which is kind of like a sequel to this one. But if you want to know more about this book, listen to the, the previous episode. Nice. Melissa covers it um, in much more detail. Great. But it's really, really great. Very funny, tragic. It's a great book. Hmm. Um, and I've watched two fantastic movies since the last episode. Uh, the Fablemans, Spielberg's movie, which is getting a lot of I buzz I wasn't right sure now. about how that would turn out just because it's very much a movie about Spielberg. It's uh, it's very much an Oscar bait movie. Yeah. It's very, it you know, story-wise, it's nothing new. It's very sure. generic. But it's, it's directed. Steven it's Steven movie. Spielberg making a movie about his yeah. own life. So you know he's putting all the effort he possibly can into it, and it shows. It's a mm. beautiful movie. It's like, you know, it's a mastercraft. It's what it is. It's great. Um, Looking forward to seeing it. It's great. I recommend it to everyone. But that would be my favorite movie of the year had I not seen Tar. Uh, Have you heard of Tar? Heard of heard of it? Yes. It's um. Oh man, I'm blanking on her name. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. She's a conductor, and I don't want to say any more than that because you should go into it blind. Um, it's fantastic, fantastic. Best movie of the year I've seen so far. Is it spoilery to say what it had like the subject that it has to deal with? Yes. Oh, okay. So I don't want to go into it at all. Okay. Uh, I, for, I, I watched the trailer and I went into it expecting it to be one thing, and it was not. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, if you like biopics with like a twist, twist. But it's not based on anyone actual. No. Right. I thought it was going into it. I thought it was a biopic, mm-hmm. but it is not. It is more like um, the Black Swan. Okay. Sure. It's more that. Okay. Um, so if you like The Black Swan, you have to see this movie. Okay. Ooh, it's, I'll probably really like it then. Kate Blanchett should win the Oscar. Did it come out on uh, DVD, Blu-ray yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, okay. I checked okay. it out from Save the Library. Hey. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I'm into right now. Okay. So uh, Morgan and I have already talked about our favorite books of 2022. I have nothing more to say. Do you have any more that you want to mention? Um, I think it stands to mention I will. I actually had run some stats mm. right at the very end of the 2022. You're, and you're welcome, by the I, way. Yeah, thanks, Tim, for showing me how to do it because <laughs> I was going to go about it in a very not great way, a very complicated way, and it, the way Tim showed me it was very simple, so it was very nice. Um, I posted about it on our social media, so if you want to see the other categories for children and teen, you can check us out um, on Instagram at Save the Library if you want to follow us and like all our posts that'd be kind of cool um so for adult books um the top six that were checked out in 2022 was number one um the last thing he told me by 
uh, Laura Dave. I listened to that one at the beginning of 2022, and I did really enjoy that book. It wasn't like my ultra favorite, but it is fant- It is a good read. I'm very picky about what I give five stars on mm, Goodreads. Yes. This was a four star. Um, <laughs> number two was Verity by Colleen Hoover. Uh, if you're a Hoover fan, you, you already know, so I don't need to say anything else about that. Uh, number three, Old Reliable at this point, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Mm. The movie just came out, which I heard was fantastic. Mm. Worth a watch. Um, number four, The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Number five, It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. And number six, another Lucy Foley, uh, The Paris Apartment. And these were the most checked out Most checked out in 2022. Yeah, it was pretty... I was kind of surprised. I, I was surprised there wasn't more Colleen Hoover on it. Um, but I was surprised by the guest list in the Paris apartment, honestly. I feel like the Colleen Hoover kind of explosion happened about halfway through the year. Am I wrong to think it, that? No, I think you're right. Or I, at least when it reached, you know, our patrons. Yeah, it was... So it exploded almost like Fifty Shades did. Mm-hmm. Where it's just so jarring, I feel like, reading some of her work that... Yeah. You just can't stop. And yeah. uh, and it totally, like, breaks the mold of and breaks any kind of expectations of what you think would make a successful novel. It, I feel like it, it's almost a very similar situation. Um, but obviously, like, Colleen Hoover, like, has multiple books. And it blew, and I know it blew up on Book Talk on TikTok, too. And that kind of really geared it. And there's a lot of books seeing a resurgence, like... Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which right. I thought would be on this list because I just mm-hmm. recently read it and thought it was really great read. Um, but very, I, very popular. Though. Yeah, but that book was published in I think 2016 oh my God, or really? 2017. Wow. Yeah, That's and it surprising had a resurgence. With the amount of people that are checking it out. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see how many books that aren't new um, are seeing like a huge resurgence in popularity or just like rising up. Um, and seeming like a newly published book, but they've been out for years at this point. And do you think that's because of book talk or social media? Like they're just yeah, I think uh, having a resurgence. I think so, and it, I think it's just crazy to see the influence that TikTok has, even in our space. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, I talked about this in the last episode, so I don't really want to go into it again. But I can't imagine the people who are using TikTok are also the people coming in to check out the books you know like yeah. it's it's transcended that like that might be where it started but it's funny how it's like it's moved from tiktok to the parents i'm guessing of people who are on tiktok to now the grandparents right. of people who are on tiktok it's just grown exponentially yeah it's very interesting and uh new york times wrote a very interesting article about colleen hoover and that whole and her and how her books have like blown in popularity yeah. over the past like six months so all right, well, we've covered the most popular books of 2022, but what are Tim's favorite books oh. of 2022? <laughs> okay, so I frantically went through my Goodreads list before before I came over mm-hmm. here just to run through because I have a terrible memory. Um, but I did have a few reads that I just... It, I actually, usually the, every year I have one book that is way above any other book that I've read mm-hmm. for that year. This year, I had two books that were neck and neck for my favorite reads. But definitely number one was American Gods, Neil Gaiman. So okay. I'm not a person that reads anything really that current. I just I have a long list of things I want to read, and it usually spans lots of years back. But American Gods, I think that came out in... 
while ago. A while ago. Yeah. It's like 15 years, maybe. Probably more. If not more. Yeah, it might actually be 20 years, because I think it came out around 9-11. Um, so, a long time ago. Yeah, 2001. Yeah. Um, and I listened to the audiobook version read by Neil. Well, Neil Gaiman did some sections, and there was a few different voices for each character, which sometimes can be jarring, but then you get used to it, and it really sucks you into the, the world. And he actually, the audiobook is fantastic because he, Neil Gaiman does an introduction, a very lengthy introduction, like it's a half an hour long maybe, go, talking about the history of all the revisions of the book, and, and this particular version was a edited, uh, not an edited, expanded version from the originally published one. Either way, the American Gods, I absolutely love. It was one of my favorite books of the last few years, I would say. I can agree with that. That is a fantastic Such read. A good yeah. book. I actually read it for one of my um, college courses, and mm. that was one of my favorite books that we read. I also love Neil Gaiman in general. but Yeah, yeah I don't read back. enough Neil Gaiman, and I feel like this, I definitely want to My read favorite parts of American Gods were all the chapters like in between the main plot where they had like the origins of how the gods got to America. Yes. That was yeah. cool. Great. That was awesome. Awesome yeah. sections. Yeah. So, and it makes me, I think I might try to revisit the TV show that came out if I can find yeah. it, if it's still streaming. It's such a strong concept for a, a book or, a, you know, a show. Mm-hmm. I do. I wish the show delivered better. I've heard that. I, I wasn't a fan of the show. I, yeah. I me neither. It. I tried and. And I don't, I'm not sure they ever finished the story anyways before it got canceled. So. We'll see if I even have the time in my life to yeah. do that. Uh, the other book, this actually did come out, I think it came out this year, or 2022, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. That was on my list. Such a great read. I recommended it to Morgan here because it's it's a it's a book very much. It, the writer is Gabrielle Zevin. She's 45 and I'm 41. And her, where what she is writing about is very much you can tell autobiographical in a lot of ways because she talks about it's very much video game based, uh, which obviously we love video games at this table. Um, so there's a lot of references to classic video games, um, games from the '90s, games from the early 2000s. The book is about two video game developers and their on again, off again friendship throughout the decades. Great book. Highly recommend. There's one skippable part in the middle, <laughs> which I literally did skip through it because it was boring. But aside from that, it's still, it was actually a five star book for me. Really like a four and a half star book, but it was right up there. Yeah, that favorites. was in my top three. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I I actually am thinking about purchasing the book or going on the holds list for Libby because, wait, wait, I have to explain myself as a library podcast here. talking about purchasing a book. Um, so funny you talk about that book because this morning I saw an email on um, one of the forums and someone had wrote that out of all the copies in the county, more than half of them oh, yeah. are two to three months overdue and people are checking this book out and just straight up not returning it yeah. right away. Um, so they were talking about you know, that kind of being a problem with getting the book into more people's hands. There was an extremely long, I think I waited at least a month for it on, um, not Hoopla, although it uh, could Libby? be on, on Libby. Yeah. So there is a long, it's very, very popular right now. 
and I kind of don't want to wait. So what I better see. recommendation, listeners? It's the most stolen book <laughs> in libraries. Like, go and read it. Most overdue, yeah. <laughs> most stolen, low key stolen. Um, and just to hop off of that author, I read a YA book by her a while ago called um, Elsewhere, and it's about um, a character who. It's a just another look on the afterlife and when you die you start to age from the point that you die the age that you die at you start to age backwards oh weird until you're born again so that's kind of what happens in the story but it, it's fantastic so i highly recommend that as well <laughs> i just want to shout out one other book that uh i i forgot about that's definitely an honorable mention and was a five-star book for me which is nickel boys yeah, uh, that that's been on my to read list for is, a while. That was one I read that earlier in 2022, and it blew me away. It was so heartbreaking, funny, fantastic, excellent, excellent read. Is that uh, by Colson Whitehead? Colson Whitehead, who I, I love his stuff, and uh, that Nickel Boys, great, great book. Yeah, right. just bumped the... up further up my to yeah, read list. Yeah, that was it was great. Yeah, I read uh, The Underground by him, and it was fantastic. Uh, that is, yeah, I'm going to read that at some point, too. Underground Railroad. The Underground Railroad. Yeah, I forgot the rest of the title. Yes, <laughs> the Underground Railroad. <laughs> An important detail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, this episode's topic, books or shows or movies or anything that was recommended to you that you didn't care for. So... I invited Tim on this episode specifically oh. for this topic. Um, so the, the topic, again, is a book, movie, show, something that was recommended to you that you just couldn't enjoy. So I, I'm going to go first, if that's okay with you. Sure. So, Tim, I have a confession. Mm. You recommended the game Outer Wilds to me. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I could not finish it. Oh, that makes me sad. It is a game that you're absolutely right to recommend it to me. On paper, this game is made for me like if i could make a game that would be the game i would make very much an indie style it, game yes it's a it's set in a sci-fi setting in a small solar system where you explore this solar system to try to f- to figure out basically why the universe is ending it's what i gather it blows up after about 22 minutes. 20, 22 minutes so every 22 minutes in the game the sun explodes and the universe gets reset and you wake up 22 minutes ago basically and it resets and you so every time the game resets you have to kind of dig a little bit further to find out what's going on it's a mystery game on paper i love this game it it is so well designed the puzzles are ingenious it but this it just didn't grab me i just it kind of felt the same way you felt about elden ring Mm -hmm. where i didn't feel like i was making progress and that just i just like what am i doing i'm not enjoying this You know, so down. <laughs> yeah, it made me feel dumb, and like I, I don't, you know what I mean. I would definitely confess to using uh, some strategy guides towards the yeah. end because it's hard. It's a hard game in a different way than Elden Ring. It's right, a very much a. I guess it's a puzzle type of game, but that doesn't really do it justice either. But it's it's a it's a hard game. Is it like? Do you feel under pressure, like uh, yes. like you have to pick between like the red and the blue wire? Like which one is it? Like is it like that kind of kind of? It's not so much that. It's more. It's been a little. I, I'm so been so engrossed in Elden Ring that it's kind of pushed this game a little bit out of my head. But it was more like 
I would go and figure out some puzzles on a planet, and I'd, I'd get as far as I could go on this one planet, and then I'd start over and I'd be like, okay, let me try this planet. But I did this for every single planet. I solved as many puzzles as I possibly could, but nothing was connecting. Mm. Like, I never was able to connect what's going on in this planet to this planet. So it's not like I was stuck, like I couldn't figure something out. I was like, I couldn't understand, like, the narrative. Like, I just didn't know what was going on. And I feel like that's the point of the game. And I'm like, right. I played this game, I think I played about seven hours, which is a good amount of time to put into a game that sure. you don't enjoy yeah. <laughs> playing. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I went on to, on a short trip over the weekend, or a couple of weekends ago, and I came back and I'm like, I don't remember anything that was happening. Mm. I, I, I don't even enjoy the physically playing the game like fly you, you have to fly this little spaceship around which to is get hard. from planet to planet the spaceship that, flying is its own it's like flying a real spaceship at. like what you would have. so unwieldy yeah you will fly i've flown into the sun so, so many, many times yeah. <laughs> and i left though see the thing is i i anytime it, like when the universe blew up or when i flew into the sun i would laugh and kind of get a kick out of it and then just keep plowing again it's funny how that and yet, for Elden Ring, I, that dying yeah. in that game just frustrated me to no yeah. end. In this game, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. So there were many times where I, it made me laugh with how just absurd it was. Like yeah. I would be like really excited to be like, "Oh, I need to get back to this planet because like now I know what to, where to go." Yeah. And I'd blast off my ship, and I'd immediately get hit by like an asteroid, <laughs> or, or like I'd get sucked into a black hole. You get like, sucked into a black hole. You uh, there, maybe there's gravity isn't as good on one planet, and you jump too high, and then you're jumping yeah. off of the planet and flying away into space, and you're I dead. I feel like I should play this. It's game. a fantastic game for certain people. Has I, anyone ever played Octodad? It sounds like that. No, it's nothing like heard, Octodad, <laughs> but it can be. It's frustrating in the way that Octodad. Can yeah, be where like you just have a million arms and yeah. they just go everywhere. So I had to. Get it up makes up. me sad, but I understand. It makes me sad. I'll probably watch a playthrough of it at yeah. some point. It's worth that because I, I do want to get to the ending because I heard the ending's brilliant. It's great, very emotional um, ending. But I will say, like, as a game, as as a the engineering that took to make this game is remarkable. Like, yes. it, it's one of the best designed games I've ever played. I I just didn't find it pleasurable to actually play the game. Mm -hmm. But I will experience it probably through YouTube at some point. <laughs> Still valid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had to get... That's my first thing I had okay. to get off my chest. We mentioned Game of Thrones a couple of times. Game of Thrones is like my white whale. It has been recommended to me from every person I know on the planet Earth, and I, it does not click with me. I will never watch it. I will never read it. I, I do not enjoy it. I think it. reading it is a much different experience than watching it. Probably. But My first experience was, was watching it. And when it was at like season one, it was like the most hyped thing in the world. Yep. And I started watching it. And I'm like, this is what everyone's into? Like, this is so dumb. Like, just watch <laughs> Lord of the Rings. What's wrong with all of you? But uh, so that's, that's like my biggest one. Like, Everyone who knows me knows I love fantasy. I love all that yeah. stuff, but it's just like something about it. I think it was just too hyped. That I, it, it I just understand hyped. that very much. I, if something is too hyped, I'm anti whatever that is. Right. Sometimes, most most times. Really. I guess, I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I remember um, one of my friends showed me the first season and was like, "This is like the best." And then I saw in the description that it was based off of a book series. So naturally, I start reading the books, and I loved the books um obviously forever waiting for the next one but the books are one of my favorite i do love the books. books that i've ever read so um, that is part of the reason why i will never enjoy this series 
for two reasons. Mm. One, I don't I don't like jumping into things that I don't have an ending. Yeah. Like that's I don't watch a lot of TV shows because they could just go on forever, especially American shows. And the book's the same way. It's like the, it hasn't even the series isn't even done. Like what am I going to do? I'm not going to wait around years for that. Like no, I have other things to do. George, if you're listening, please. And it's funny, Tim talked about this earlier. George R. R. Martin, the author of or the creator of Game of Thrones, is also wrote the game I'm playing right now, and I hate the story of the game I'm playing right now. Like I love Elden Ring except for the story. Oh really? The That's story is so opaque and I mean it it's dumb. doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. sense. It's so stupid. But I, I don't care. Like I can ignore the story and still enjoy the game. But don't you think the story kind of is like the previous, like uh, not previous, but the other games made by the same company, like Dark Souls. Like Absolutely, the, it's it, like it. You don't know what's going. on. I don't on. know it's why like, they paid George R. R. Martin millions of dollars to write the story for this. That because probably, yeah, it, it's it was exactly so, the same as the other games, it's and just, it it's so obscure that again you can play the game without really knowing anything about the story. So why mm-hmm. have one of the world's best writers of fantasy. Yeah, write a story. It's for not you, like you hide it. People aren't so buying this game. The, it's so for silly. George R. R. Martin's story. They're yeah. buying it because it's the best game of the year. Yeah. Anyways, so Game of Thrones is the other one. Um, one other one I wanted to mention is the book. I wanted to mention a book, Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. <gasps> no, I know it's another one that seems That's like it was written one of, for one me. of my favorite book series of the last five years maybe i don't mm-hmm. know anything about this book series. i've recommended it to you before it they made a movie out of annihilation um which where, i loved which and i thought it was okay because yeah. i love the book so much right the first book and the books there's three of them in the series and they are i mean jeff vandermeer is such a weird writer and a lot of his story might not make sense um, so take you take that for what it's worth when you're reading his his work, but the annihilation itself is so off-putting and it's creepy and off-putting. It definitely bizarre. nails the setting it's going for. Yeah, I just thought the movie did it better. I don't know, mm. but I saw the movie first, so maybe it's just a that case could be of, why yeah. bias, yeah. movie bias maybe. I understand um, that. I've definitely had movies that I've appreciated more than the books just by the. Yeah. The fact of watching it before reading it. The other reason I think I didn't really care for Annihilation very much was... Have you ever read the book House of Leaves by Mark Danielowski? It's on my list of books to read. I don't know if I'll ever read it, though. It's very... I've heard about it, though. So, I love House of Leaves. It's a great book, and it it has the same sort of vibe. Like, it's off-putting, it's, it's weird, it's have opaque, it's... No, but I spoke to somebody recently that... It, loves that like, it's a horror i would say it's more horror than sci-fi it's also one of those books that's the publishing the physical publishing like it's just weirdly yeah it laid out too right it's not i wouldn't you have to read the book you can't listen to it on audiobook right. or even on an ebook it's the the orientation of the the text will change from page to page it's kind of reminds like, me of a book that um what's it called uh z or it was a book that came out five years ago. It's by the author who did um, Cloud Atlas. Is that the one you're talking about? No, it, it was actually um, it was a book written by not Damien Lind- Damon Lindelof, but um, who's his partner in? Oh, I don't know. He made uh, Lost, and he did oh. the Star Wars movies. The director. 
<laughs> I'm totally writer. drawing a blank right now. Yeah, my mind is mush. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a similar book, though. I believe it was called Z. And it's a book within a book. And there's all these weird... We don't even own it. J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams had to do with the book. I don't think he wrote it, but he had a lot to do with the book. And it's such a... I did not enjoy that book. But it was one of those books that plays with conventional publishing. And there was, like, artifacts and all this weird ephemeral stuff in it. And Yeah. But that was not successful at all. Right. Yeah, this doesn't have, like, physical objects or anything right. in it. It's... um. It's sort of like two books going back and forth between like a journal that what the author discovers and then the author's story. Like that's very much like investigating the journal. Like that same book, yeah, though, uh, it's very similar in that way. I've heard comparisons between that yeah. and Leaves. So I read Leaves first, obviously, and I, I think that book just hit so hard for me that in Annihilation, I felt was just kind of imitating it and not mm. doing it as well. Um, maybe that's why I don't know. But, Could be. Yeah, it just didn't didn't strike for me. That's what I got. I'm up. Yeah, who's next? Okay, uh, I only got one because I kind of I don't know. I guess I kind of really like a lot of stuff, so <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to find. I'm something a snob. That. It was I, I hard should, for me too yeah. to come up with yeah, anything. but um, I have one or two. Yeah. So this uh, I talked about it before, so I'll talk about it again. I don't have much to say about it because I really didn't like it, um, and I tried to like it. Or tried to at least make it through the book, but I couldn't. Um, but people had recommended Fifty Shades of Grey to me, <laughs> the book, and when it was popular, and then when it came out as a PBS top um, great American read, uh, when it came out on that list, uh, it had a resurgence. Terrible. Of yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So I, I tried to read the book. Uh, the first time I tried to read it, I couldn't get past the first page, which is a half page. And uh, the second time I tried to read it, I got halfway through the first book and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And it's very rare that, um, that I can't, but it just, um, it just wasn't for me. And some people just, I don't know, really love the book for some reason and for, I just don't see it. Trashy reasons. Trashy reasons, I guess, yeah. I mean, the story doesn't, the characters don't really have much to them to me i can't relate to them mm -hmm. at all i can't relate to their traumas i can't relate to their motives nothing about it um and i forget uh it is i think it was originally like people i had heard rumors that it was like what twilight fan fiction yes yeah i've yes. heard that too yeah um i do like twilight though no shame <laughs> love twilight uh love the movies they're like cult status at this point because they're so Terrible. So bad they're good. <laughs> so bad they're good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that's mine, and that was that. You know, that's really been the thing that I haven't liked recently. So, well, this is yeah for a long time. So. I guess uh, for me, I was struggling to find. Well, I, again, I, I'm on some things. I'm not super picky, and that's more because someone will recommend something, and all I have to hear is like the description of it, and I know kind of if it's for me or not but i have two things and this one no one recommended the latest beyonce record but it came out and it was everywhere and it was on like number one lists and i tried it and i love the the uh you won't break my soul fantastic song i tried the rest of the album didn't i didn't get anything out of it which is fine but I just, that was one of those, like, I, what's on all the number ones? So I got, I got to try and listen to it. And that one song I love, but that was it. And then the other one is the bigger one, which is Wednesday. 
and I just I personally do not I did listen to the when you guys were talking about Wednesday I don't like Tim Burton anymore I think he's trash director sorry but he hasn't made a good movie in like a decade ouch sorry Tim Burton if you're listening (laughs) but uh, so but I know it's a phenomenon right now I just don't I don't I'm not going to give it my time of day. Sorry. Oh, I loved it so much. And my daughter knows the so dance, much. and she just like I'm like, you're not allowed to watch that show. I'm just like, I know, <laughs> but other people, our kids know it. I'm like, fine, let's just keep it that way, and we'll move on with our lives. So yeah, Wednesday, I will probably never watch it. Don't care for it. I'm good. No. <laughs> Sorry. This is a painful segment. Sorry. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this was a hard one, Alex. <laughs> I know. This <laughs> is a little too heavy for the third can, episode. Can we rename this segment The Truth Hurts? Truth <laughs> Hurts. Yeah. It was good, though. I liked it. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, two more. Not These are not things that I don't enjoy, but um, I put this question out to a, like our, our staff board in the, the lunch break room, and I got two, two responses. Uh, One is from uh, Stephanie, the head of adult services. Um, She wrote Veronica Mars, the TV show. All of her friends were recommending it to her, and she had a day off, and she's like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And she turned it off halfway through the first episode. Someday I want to watch that, because I know I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things, too. I I know I won't like it, so I'm not going (laughs) to try, but Stephanie tried, and she didn't like it. And this one is from Marianne, the teen librarian. Uh, If you listen to episode two, you'll know, you, you might know what she's going to say this one hurt me personally it's lord of the rings oh well i know marianne and i know that she does not care about fantasy she doesn't not that she doesn't understand fantasy she doesn't understand why people like fantasy but what but what specifically did she was she she didn't elaborate but uh we did talk about fantasy books in general on episode two so go back and listen to episode two and melissa and marianne both teen librarians we talk a little bit about Getting trying to get into fantasy mm-hmm. and why they don't like fantasy, so I, that's why I kind of saw that one. Fantasy coming. is my favorite genre. Yeah, it's one of my top. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. Except well, except Game of Thrones. <laughs> except right for one now. of the most highly popular yeah, ones. Exactly. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up the episode with a little game, and uh, this is Morgan's suggestion. We're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. So I never played this before. I had to look up actually how to play. It seems kind of self-explanatory, but it, it extremely <laughs> yeah. Is. But in case uh, you haven't figured it out, we're gonna say three facts or anecdotes about ourselves, and the other two people have to guess which of those three things is a lie. No, right? Two things that are truth and the one that's a lie. Yeah. Yes, you have to pick. Didn't I say you that? Have to try and pick what's a lie. Which one of them is a lie? See, it's not as simple as it. I mean, it kind of is. is but... Or I'm just stupid. Okay. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? I don't mind going first. If uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, here are my statements about myself. Mm. I play ultimate frisbee. I love birds. I go skiing every winter. I know you play volleyball. I've never heard... I don't think I've heard you mention ultimate frisbee before. I think that's something we could have connected on because I also played ultimate frisbee. Oh. Mm. So I feel like we would have talked about that. Yeah. And it was it was birds and what was I the third love one? Birds and skiing. And I go skiing every winter. Who likes birds? I love birds. You like birds? I love them. Do I love them? I don't think Morgan's a bird person. Do you? Listen, <laughs> I know like Morgan. I've birds? known Morgan for a little while now, so I I I easily see through her deceptions. Now here, I'm so. thinking. I'll like let you answer because okay. I know 
exactly which now one. Now I'm like, does Morgan have like an obvious bird tattoo that I just have seen <laughs> every day and just not thought about? Uh, this is tough. This is a good one. I not know. for me, though. I, I know you yeah. play a lot of sports, so the skiing and Ultimate Frisbee things are two things you could very well do. I feel like a lot of people don't like birds. I don't know. I'm fixated on that. What? I'm going to say yeah. that. It's the birds. You don't like birds. Nope. You love birds? Yep. Do you have I, a pet bird? And I just No, no. I, I used to have one for 10 years as my first pet. Mm. I had a parakeet. That. So what, she was my what best. Wait, was it? So Is it I, ultimate I frisbee say. or skiing? It's, it's skiing. skiing. You don't ski. No. But... The, well, see, I would have, you just mentioned the Ultimate Frisbee thing, which I didn't know about. Yes, I just started playing Ultimate Frisbee, okay. like, last week with a local group of women. So nice. we're called the Mother Flickers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it was hard. I, I was, I was uh, me and Tim were chatting about the game earlier, and I, and I said, I was like, well, I've known you and your wife for, like, over a decade now, so it's just... You play, too? No. Oh. No, but it just I was like say, we need to get a save really elaborate team together. I did. Yeah. I, I would love to play. It's a hard game. Oh yeah, so much running. I played for oh, the yeah. University of Rhode Island's ultimate frisbee team for a total of three weeks before I quit because I was going to vomit mm. every practice. We ran miles. Right. I wanted and to die. It's. <laughs> I've just come to realize that there's professional ultimate frisbee, mm-hmm. which is mind blowing to me, but. I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things. It's a newer sport, and it should tech definitely be considered a sport because you have to be pretty athletic to it's play. It's yeah. my favorite sport. If it's you, so it, much fun. Yeah. It's like soccer mixed with, like, Hail Marys and football. It's, right. like, amazing. Yeah. It's the best of everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I will say, like, um, I just want to do one quick thing about Ultimate Frisbee. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. <laughs> Let's not do too much of a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess, like, in college, the Ivy League schools are, like, the best Ultimate Frisbee teams in the country i don't know mm. why they just happen to be and they ha- would have the round robin in um in my hometown in, in like newport so like brown and yale and harvard and all these like ivy league schools would come and play one another and watching like ultimate frisbee played at like the highest level is amazing it's, like, <laughs> it's beautiful it's like Cause it, it's majestic <laughs> there's so many things to take into consideration when you're playing which you know i used to play pickup uh like a long time ago uh, with some friends but it's like you have to take the wind into account, especially mm-hmm. when you're throwing, because the wind could just blow the frisbee off target, and then you know your intended target it just goes off wherever. Like, just the endurance of it, and seeing the play, like where is everybody going, and like it's self-governed, so everyone has to call their yeah. own fouls, and when they screw up, and there's just a lot that goes into it, like thought-wise. So as someone that's played sports their whole life, like it's it's very cool. Yeah, it's a very cool sport to play. It's so much fun. I would play in a heartbeat if I saw a pickup game going on. And very other... much different than froth. What's froth? Froth is frisbee golf. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that you don't have to be as athletic. No, to play, from what I understand. No. Um, one other fun thing about the round robin. So brown at least when I, this is years ago, was the best team in the country. And they would come in full suits to their games, like three-piece suits. And then they would dress down to <laughs> that's shorts a and a t-shirt. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, great game. All right. I, I don't mind going. All right, go. Yeah. Okay. So my three facts, quote-unquote. Statements. Me. Statements. First one. I won a year's supply of tater tots hmm. fact two statement two i attended space camp okay number three 
I threw out a pitch at the Mets, the first pitch at a Mets game. I think I feel like it's either Space Camp or the other one. What was oh the the tots? I I know he threw out the pitch at Mets. Yeah. Mets at Shea Stadium, right? It was yes. the first yeah. one. Okay. I know that was true. But, but the tots in the space camp are so outlandish, I feel like, that I can't, <laughs> I can't even Where decide. would one year win a year's worth of tots? I'm leaning towards space camp, though. I don't know why. Just, I feel like I feel like a, a year supply of tots seems more... Seems plausible. <laughs> seems more plausible to me than space camp. Yeah, I think space camp. Space camp. Yes. I've never <laughs> attended space camp, but I did win a year's supply of tater tots. But, Where? Like, but like, can, um, can you please explain? That's a long story, but basically, Orida, basically, uh, it was a sweepstakes, and I was entered and won a year's supply of Orida products. Do you get, like... Which was the best year of my life. Follow-up question. Do you get the tots all at once? No. Or is you it get in, like, weekly? A coupon book. <laughs> It's basically a coupon. It's not as exciting. I wish there was a pallet of Orida products just delivered to my house, but that did not happen. You had to buy a second refrigerator to keep. We did have a lot of a lot of freezer space taken up by uh, tater tots and French fries. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad we did this. We're learning a lot about each other. The the Mets first pitch was also a sweepstakes that I won. Okay. It was a good couple you played of years a lottery? sweepstakes. Again, it's a long story that I'll tell you about <laughs> another time. <laughs> All right. So um, mine are also food related. I think I was hungry when I wrote this because they're all, all three of these statements are food related. Um, so I'll start with breakfast and I'll work my way up to dinner. Statement number one. My grandfather has a pancake named after him. Ooh. Number two. I've eaten lunch with a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Hmm. Mm. And three, dinner. I've cooked dinner for the Boston Celtics. Wow. Okay. This is a tough one. I believe the grandfather thing. I, I think I believe the Celtics thing. Really? I think I, I think I do. Yeah. What was the the third one or the second? The middle one, one was yeah. I've eaten lunch with a Pulitzer Prize winning author. I kind of believe that one more than yeah. the Celtics. But you used to work in a restaurant. That is true. That is true. So that's why I think that that could be plausible. But I don't remember if you ever, I mean. The entire team? Not the entire team. That one or two players? A handful of players. Mm. So. It's tough. Rhode author. Island is pretty close to Massachusetts. Is Celtics? No, Celtics is just straight Boston, right? Did you say Celtics? Celtics? Celtics. Celtics. Oh, How dare you? See, this is why I... The know. New York Knicks. Is that what your team is here? <laughs> yes. yes, that's what they're called. 100%. All right, so I'll say Pul- Pulitzer Prize winning author. I'm going to go with the Pulitzer Prize. Incorrect. Oh, damn it's, it, I should have went with my first thought. Is it the... The uh, Morgan. The, the lie is my grandfather has a pancake no. named after him. Oh man, that was a good one. That was a good one. I, I believe it. I feel it. like Whole. we've talked about your grandfather, and he does some cool stuff. Yeah, he I would have believed. Cool stuff, so He's a character. Like. Um, he is obsessed with Johnny cakes. I don't think they have Johnny cakes in Long Island. It's no, like a Portuguese thing, I think. Is it? And there's a, a corn, cornmeal. It's cornmeal pancakes. Yeah. yeah, and his name is John. Oh. So Johnny cakes. That's oh. how I came up with that lie. That's a good uh, one. But he, good he one. eats enough Johnny Cakes where he should have them named after him <laughs> at this point. He's keeping that the Johnny Cake industry alive solely. Um, so who is the Pulitzer Prize winning author? Yes. David McCullough, oh. the historian. He has won two Pulitzers, actually. Now, how did you have lunch with him? 
Or so was it a group lunch? It was a group lunch. It wasn't okay. a one-on-one. He wasn't taking me under his wing or yeah. anything. Um, I used to work for the Rhode Island Black Heritage Society, and they sponsored him to speak at a conference, and part of that deal was that we got to have lunch with him. Mm. So, yeah, I sat right across from him, as close as I am to you. And All right. Well, now you have to talk about the Celtics. All right. So the Celtics. So this was after they won the championship. They had a training at Salve Regina University, which is in Newport, which is where I'm from originally and uh i was i was a cook for almost 10 years in newport so yeah the, all the celtics and their staff came in and took over the restaurant and they ate a lot yeah i bet oh, yeah I the, the players each had a steak and another meal on top of that so like a steak and a lobster or a steak and a huge bowl of pasta yeah. also, how it was tall crazy carbs 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 they're huge tall. it's like i don't even it's like watching demigods walk into the <laughs> building <they're, laughs> They're huge. Beat us. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Good one. That was good. Yeah. That is a good game. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Thank you for joining us for and between the shelves. I hope this wasn't too painful, and I hope uh, you'll both be back for future episodes. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.